but you can call me Jay Swag. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us on this, as you can see, very dark and cold Wednesday afternoon. Um, currently 4.51 p.m. on the East Coast here. And it's pitch black in the studio already. Um, <clears throat> I have backlights here to help light my face up, um, which I think is helping, but... I don't know. I feel like it's like not enough light in here overall, but I have, I mean, I could turn that light on, but that doesn't do a whole lot. And it's too much yellow light. Um, I mean, I got this, this one going in the background, which is changing colors, which is for ambiance and vibes. Got the lava lamp right here, which is going more vibes. And I got the twinkle lights behind me as well, or technically in front of me. Um, so I don't know. Let me know if you think it looks bad or good or cool. Um, I just feel like I'm in my studio at like 2 a.m. Um, but it's only 4.51 p.m. So anyways, um, <clears throat> we are not here to talk about the studio. We're here to talk about sports and more specifically the NBA. And we're here to overreact, right? Um, but not actually because I hate overreactions. Um, and I don't like when sports shows do that. Um, there are some sports shows that are self-aware and do it intentionally kind of what we're doing here. Um, where it's like, if I were to overreact, here's what I would think. Here's what I would say. Um, but knowing that that's not how I actually think, and that's not what I actually think is going to happen kind of thing, because if I was to sit here and overreact, I'd say, uh, the Jazz are going to run away with the regular season title. Um, they're going to be the best regular season team in the NBA, and they have a very real chance at being NBA champions. Um, but you and I both know that's not true. <clears throat> we also know, you know, according to Second Spectrum, the Lakers right now are projected to have the second worst record in the entire NBA, which would give them. Um, you know, an extremely good lottery pick uh, or a good chance at a good lottery pick. Um, but you and I both know that's not going to happen because they're not going to stick with this team through the entire season. They're going to trade Russell Westbrook. Like, it's going to happen. Um, they may also end up trading Anthony Davis as well and just completely blow it up. Um, but at the end of the day, this team is worse off with Russell Westbrook. You know, they they got their two wins. He's coming off the bench and he looks rejuvenated, whatever. I don't care. That's not going to last the entire season. They're just not going to keep going at a 20% win rate. Um, so, you know, anyways, so that's kind of what we're going to be doing here is just going through, uh, I've highlighted a couple points here. I'm not going to like make this a two hour episode and go through each, every, each and every team and overreact to the start of their seasons because that would take way too long and that's boring. And I don't feel like doing that. Um, but we are currently, let's see, so the Jazz are 9-3 and three right now, and I think they've played the most games of anyone. So that's 12 games out of 82. 
So they've played 15% of the season. Most teams have played around 10 games, which is 12%. So we're between, we're at an average of 14% into the regular season for the NBA. And so I felt like that's a good time. It's been two and a half weeks, three weeks. This is a good time to kind of get a, uh, a heat check here, a pulse check on some of the teams, some of the things that are surprising us, um, both in the good and the bad. Um, <clears throat> go through some advanced statistics like we love to do on this show. Um, and yeah, so let's start off here with um, the the show favorite, the Phoenix Suns, because you know that's my team right now because I follow Chris Paul everywhere. Um so the Suns off to a much hotter start than most people I think would have thought. They are currently seven and three, um, tied for second place in the Western Conference, and um, I think no one was ex- not no one. I think the haters were expecting them to just fall apart and be miserable. Um, and there was a good amount of Suns fans as well who were very nervous. I won't say they're expecting a bad start, but they were very nervous for it. Um, and as you know, on, I have several times on this show stated that the Suns were either going to go below 500 and not win more than 40 games, or they were going to have a better regular season record that they did last year. Um, right now, they're again at seven and three, which is a seventy percent win rate. Um, so I think that would technically put them below where they're at. Um, let me see what is seventy percent of eighty-two games. Wait, really? Fifty-seven. So fifty-eight wins. 58 wins would be 71%. So, yeah, they'd have to be close to 80% win rate. But, again, they've only played 10 games so far. Um, 7-3, and three, they should be 8-2, and two, really, um, because of that really horribly missed um, travel call on Jeremy Grant in that game-winning shot um, last week against the Suns. Um, so that should not have counted. It should have been a travel and a turnover and the Suns should have won the game. So they should be in two, but whatever. Um, we're not going to pick nits here for every single loss, but the Suns need a bench, right? Um, I was surprised to see their, their bench scoring is actually not that bad. I think they have like the 10th or 11th best bench scoring total, like in terms of points per game, uh, in the NBA, which is better than I was expecting, but it doesn't tell the full story because um, Cam Johnson is not on the bench anymore. He's a starter, which is fine. We're good with that. But Jay Crowder, who would be his backup then, not playing at all. Um, so he's not on the bench playing for them. So they're basically playing a man down almost. Um, and... You have Damian Lee, who's now um, going to be starting. Um, and so he's actually started some games. And so that's kind of thrown off their bench scoring numbers a little bit. Um, and either way, just not even looking at the statistics, when you just watch, like their their depth is not there, right? Like 
Jock Landale has been a good surprise for them, a pleasant surprise for them coming off the bench. Um, Campaign has been a disappointment again. He's playing just like he did last year, which was not good. So he is like not helping them at all. Landry Shamit not doing anything for them at all. Um, Damian Lee has been probably like him and Landale have been the, the lone bright spots off the bench, I'd say. Biombo's fine. He's good defensively, but offensively, he's not going to give you anything, um, which is what they need is offense off the bench because they need a, a good, solid third scorer because they have Book as their number one option. Chris Paul is going to be there for their number two option when he needs to bail them out with his elbow jumper, but now he's out with his right, right heel um, soreness. Bridges hasn't quite taken that step up offensively that I think a lot of fans were hoping he would this season. Um, he's taking less mid-range shots, which is g- good because that means he's driving more. Um, but he's also taking less threes, um, which right now I'm indifferent on. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think I would like to see him driving more and getting like to the rim more because I think he's more talented than he feels he is and just being more aggressive in general on offense. Um, but at the end of the day, They're still seven and three, so <clears throat> keep your eyes out for some moves they may be making um, with Cam Johnson out for the next one to two months with that um, meniscus tear, with Chris Paul being day to day with his right heel soreness, um, and with Jay Crowder not being with the team at all, um, and just the way that their bench has played so far. I wouldn't be surprised if come December we're getting a trade here for the Suns. Obviously, Kevin Durant, a name to look out for again because the Nets are kind of going through it right now. Um, Kyrie Irving not with the team, but with him not with the team and Nash not coaching anymore uh, and it kind of being Kevin Durant's team again, they've not, I'm not going to say they've gotten back to their winning ways, but they look better than they did at the start of the season. Um, but. I don't know how long that'll last because Ben Simmons still just looks really, really rusty, I'll say. Um, and that's a concern as you get more and more into the season and it kind of stays the same. Not what you're hoping for out of that hardened trade. Um, so Sun, or the Nets may be looking to blow it up in a little bit here. But um, not a whole lot to say about the Suns. I just wanted to talk about them because they're my favorite team. So moving on, the Lakers. We can't avoid the Lakers. Let's just talk about them. They suck, right? They can't figure it out. They're two and eight right now. Um, Westbrook is completely and permanently coming off the bench now until further notice. Um, LeBron having one of the worst efficiency and shooting seasons of his entire career. Um, His jump shots are like 20% right now. Um, Anthony Davis having one of the worst jump shooting seasons. He's shooting even worse than... LeBron on jump shots. Um, he's shooting way too many threes. He's not playing above the rim. Um, Westbrook is playing like Westbrook, which at this point now means he's playing terribly. Um, so just some numbers here for the Lakers. And it may seem like I'm a little bit piling on here, which I am, because it's just always fun to be able to pile on the Lakers because Lakers fans are tied for first 
or are in second place for the most unbearable NBA fan base um, uh, with the Warriors fan base. So it's just always fun to pile on them um, and let them know that their team is terrible. So here we go. Some numbers for the Lakers. They're 26th in scoring in the league. They are last place in three-point percentage, 26th in field goal percentage, 25th in assists per game, 27th in true shooting percentage, 28th in effective field goal percentage, last in offensive rating, 7th in offense and opponents points per games. So they're giving up the 7th most points per game. They're second in opponent rebounds per game. Um, and they're fifth in opponents steals per game. So they're getting out rebounded by a long shot. Um, outscored by a long shot. Um, they're turning the ball. Their, their turnovers actually were like middle of the pack, but they're having the ball stolen from them a lot. Um, their offense is God awful, right? Like all those like offensive rating last three point percentage last effective field goal percentage, 28th true, sh- true shooting percentage, 27th scoring average, 26th, 26th in field goal percentage. Um, it's just not working, right? Um, they don't have a point guard. They just, they need a point guard. Um, Anthony Davis needs a point guard to play off of. I think LeBron at this point now plays better off of a point guard, or if he is just the straight up distributor point guard, like he was in 2020 in the bubble season. Um, you know, when they had someone like a Rondo who was huge for them, um, just like exclusively looking to get teammates involved, not looking to score for themselves. Um, so guys like Rondo, when they had guys like Caruso who knew how to move the ball, um, even like veterans who were, who knew how to move the ball, like, um, like a Kyle Kuzma or a Contavious Caldwell Pope, um, not necessarily guys who are going to get you eight assists in a game, um, but guys who know how to move the ball around the court a little bit more, um, they just don't have that at all, right? Westbrook is not that guy. Never has been, never will be. He'll he'll average 20 assists for his entire career, but he's not a good pass-first, get-teammates-involved point guard. Um, just because he, it's heliocentric with him, and he does everything. So, of course, he's going to average stuff like that. But, <clears throat> excuse me. Westbrook, not going to do it for you. Kendrick Nunn may as well just play with four people out there. He's doing absolutely nothing for them. Um, Dennis Schroeder, we'll see TBD when he comes back from injury, but he's still a score first point guard. And if your season and your team chemistry and offense is hinging on Dennis Schroeder, getting your teammates involved, you're in a, you're in a bad way, right? So the Lakers just can't figure it out. Um, I feel bad for Darvin Ham because this is just going to fall on him. Um, and, you know, that's really unfortunate because it's, it's never just the coach's fault, but I think especially now it's just like he it's, it's on Rob Palinka, right? We've talked about that multiple times on this show. It's not just Westbrook's fault. He is not entirely to blame. He's not even the most to blame. Um, it's not just LeBron's fault. It's not just AD's fault. It's, it's, a shared blame, but I still think that the person who is most to blame is Rob Palenka because 
he looked at this roster from last year, who was an extreme disappointment, um, did not perform up to expectations, and he said, yeah, let's run it back. But with like even less pieces somehow, <clears throat> um, you know, bringing in Lonnie Walker and getting rid of Taylor Horton Tucker, bringing in Patrick Beverly, um, just like really confusing moves. Um, so anyways, the Lakers can't figure it out. Um, they need to really shake it up here. So again, similar to the Suns, by the time we get into December, look to see Westbrook on the trade block if he's not already actively on it. And um, we may even see Anthony Davis get moved as well. Um, <clears throat> moving on to Trailblazers. Are the Portland Trailblazers for real? Are they back? Is, is Lillard back? Or are, are they back to the Western Conference Finals Trailblazers from a few years ago? Um, they're seven and three right now. Lillard is averaging 29, five and five on shooting splits of 48, 39, 92. That was over 50, 40, 90 at the beginning of the season. Obviously it's tailed off as time has gone on, but 48, 39, 92. So incredible splits. He's looking really good. Um, he has missed a couple games. I think he's played six of their 10 games. Um, so he's missed a couple games, but some interesting numbers for them. They're third and three point percentage, which is great. Fourth and free throw attempts. Um, third in turnovers, which I guess technically is 28th in turnovers because they're barely turning the ball over at all. So they have the third least amount of turnovers. Um, but outside of those categories, or no, they're, they're third in turnovers as if they are turning it over th the third most. Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so they're third in turnovers. But outside of those numbers, they're not top 10 in any statistical category. Like we're talking like points per game, assists, rebounds, blocks, steals, field goal percentage, um, free throw percentage, field goals attempted, three-pointers attempted, um, offensive rating, defensive rating, like all that stuff. They are not top 10 in any of those categories, but they're seven and three tied for second place in the West. Um, so it's just like, that was just something interesting to me that kind of stood out. Um, the overreaction is, oh my gosh, the Blazers are back. They're, they're back in Western conference finals form. Um, and Lillard is looking like a comeback player of the year, which I did say, I said he was going to be a dark horse MVP candidate um, because there were some uh, dark corner of the web rumors that he was like kind of pissed after his season last year and was like looking to just go on an all out revenge tour this season um, and was feeling and looking really good. And we're seeing that so far, obviously he's, you know, missed a couple games, which is unfortunate and does kind of hinder that a little bit, but. Blazers look, I think they're for real. I think they definitely are a playoff contender for sure, which I thought before the season though. So it's not a shocker for me. I think for more casual fans or for the media, um, who are very uncreative, they're surprised by this, but I'm not shocked by this quick jump. Um, 
out to the top of the Western Conference, like that doesn't really surprise me. Um, but yeah, Blazers looking good so far. Um, next up, the Clippers. Are they overrated? Yes, they are. Well, from what they were looking like in the preseason, right? And I talked about this a little bit um, a couple weeks ago on the over-unders episode where I was saying how I kind of drank the Kool-Aid a little bit and I said over for them on whatever their win total was. I think it was 52 and a half or 53 and a half. Or maybe it was only 51 and a half. But regardless, it was something in the low 50s and I said over. Uh, and I was like... That was like two or three games in, and I was like, I think I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was really, I was like, just really buying into the emotional uh, uh, drama of Kawhi and PG being back, both being at 100%. They're playing the season together. John Wall is back. He looks great. Um, you know, they got Norman Powell, Robert Covington coming back. Um you know, Terrence Mann is a year, a year better now. I was just really drinking the cool and I was really excited for them. But Kawhi has played um, two games out of their 11 so far. Um, so he's been a non-factor for them so far. Paul George looks good. He's, you know, he's averaging, I think, like 26, 5 and 5, but his shooting splits are not good. Um, so not super efficient, but. Um, He, I don't know. Paul George definitely looks like he's back and healthy. He's just not playing super efficiently. Um, John Wall is just like, you know, he's a bench point guard at this point. I think people who really liked him pre-injuries in Washington, myself included, when he was a top five point guard in the league, uh, were really excited just for the comeback story for him. Uh, if you read the articles um, and the Players' Tribune stuff from this off season um, of just like the mental health issues that he suffered for the past, like four ish years. Um, and then the Rockets wanting to send him home and just not have him played all last year. Um, and just coming back from multiple injuries. So I was just really excited and happy for him to be back and was just like, Oh, he's, he said he's feeling healthy the Clippers are signing him and they're saying that he looks good. Like he's going to be back to true form. And I think it's just like, you know, he is healthy, but he's a healthy, you know, 31 year old point guard who hasn't really played consistent basketball in like four or five years. Um, so yeah, again, we're 12% into the season. We'll see. How he shapes up, you know, we'll see again in in March when we revisit this, how he's looking, Um, but not quite what we were thinking. It just seems like the Clippers are overrated, right? Um, They're six and five right now. Um, Their strength of schedule, according to Second Spectrum, so far their strength of schedule was 14th, so right in the middle, right in the average, and it's a .65 for the rest of the, uh, oh, sorry, it's been a 0.65 so far, um, which from sec- for second spectrum, a zero for your strength of schedule is average. 
Um, so they've been a 0.65. So like it hasn't been like, you know, the 14th says it all. It hasn't been that difficult of a schedule. Um, it's been like middle of the pack. So you'd expect if they're an above average team, they'd have an above average record and they don't, they're right at six and five. So underperforming pretty much in all regards. Um, some stats for them. Uh, they are last in points per game as a team. They are 25th in three-point percentage, last in free throw attempts, um, and 26th in assists per game. So offense is really stalling out here, and they're just not moving the ball a lot. Um, they're, they're shooting um, shooting the ball poorly. They're not getting to the line at all. They're not drawing fouls. So obviously part of that is with Kawhi Leonard being out and he's a big, you know, piece of their offense. But at the same time, you know, this team did go toe to toe with the Suns two years ago without Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, in the Western conference finals and took it to six games. So it's not like they rely on him, like they need him and he's a big part of them. But Paul George is a great player. Reggie Jackson, John Wall, like I said, you know, Terrence Mann, Zubats. Um, so I don't know. They just seem a little overrated right now. Um, who's next? The Warriors. My gosh, what's going on with the Warriors, huh? Um, they're currently four and seven. Um, I think everyone, myself included, thought they were going to come back and look even better than last season because they're returning the exact same team but instead of Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter Jr. and Juan Toscano Anderson, they have um, an older and healthier James Wiseman, Isaac um, Jonathan Kaminga, um, Moses Moody, um, Jordan Poole, and then obviously they're returning starting five, um, which has been great for them. But their bench is just like non-existent, especially if you take Jordan Poole out of there. Like um, their bench is just not producing at all. So like I said, they are four, four and seven right now. Their strength of schedule so far has been 10th. So they've had the 10th easiest schedule so far and they're four and seven. I mean, they were coming off of, so they beat the Kings the other night on a game winning shot from Steph, mind you. But before that, they had lost to Charlotte, Detroit, and Orlando three games in a row. Um, so their strength of schedule, pretty easy. And their remaining strength of schedule is 23rd. So it's the eighth most difficult schedule remaining. Um, so we'll see how they kind of fare moving forward. But looks like it's definitely not going to be as easy going for them as we thought until I kind of run it back for them. Um, some numbers for them. Their bench is 14th in points per game, which I was surprised by. Okay, that's not bad. That's right kind of in the middle of the pack. But their bench is 29th in three-point percentage and second in turnovers and in personal fouls committed. So they're scoring right in the middle of the pack, but they cannot shoot threes and they cannot stop turning the ball over and fouling. Um now, when you look at their starters, 
it's a whole different story, especially with when you look at Steph, but we'll get to his numbers in a second. But so the starters, they're ninth in points per game um, when you look at all starters in the NBA. Sixth in field goal percentage, seventh in three-point percentage, um, second in assists per game, 23rd in turnovers, but they're fifth in personal fouls committed and 28th in free throws attempted. So they're scoring the ball well. They're shooting the ball well. They're shooting the three really well. They're distributing the ball well. They're holding on to the ball well. But they cannot stop fouling, and they cannot get to the free throw line, um, which is an issue. Um, and I think you're really seeing that the most with Clay here. Um, and he just does not look like Clay Thompson anymore. And I think it's time that we all accept the fact that Clay Thompson is just never going to be that Clay Thompson again. Um, and it's not like necessarily a knock on him because it's just like, that's what happens when you tear your ACL rehab it. And then as soon as you're ready to come back, you tear your Achilles. Like he had two debilitating injuries two years in a row, didn't play basketball for two and a half years. Yeah. They won the title last year, but it wasn't really any thanks to him this year. So far, He's averaging 15 points, two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists on shooting splits of 36, 33, and 80, which is like abysmal. Um, Really, really bad numbers for him. Just does not look the same. But then it's like the opposite for Steph, who's having a banner year, a career year. He's absolutely carrying the load. Right now, he's averaging 33-7-7. He's leading the team in scoring, rebounding, and assists. Um, and he's shooting 51-43-93, um, which is incredible shooting splits. And so if this holds, it'll be the highest scoring average for a player that is um, over 34 years old. Um the current whole record is LeBron, um, sorry, Michael Jordan, who I think was at like 28 or 29. Um, but so if Steph continues to play this way the rest of the year, um, he's going to be a candidate for MVP. He's going to be setting records. Um, but I don't know if that's going to matter in the long run because they're four and seven. Um and they're projected to finish even worse with their remaining strength of schedule, according to Second Spectrum. Um, they're going to be like a bottom third team in the NBA. Um, so don't know what's going on with the Warriors. Um, I think they'll figure it out. <clears throat> Steph is playing lights out. Wiggins is playing really well. Kevon Looney is doing exactly what he needs to do and what he's expected to do. Draymond is slowing down and not looking quite the same. And Clay, like we just said, is really not looking the same. Um, Jordan Poole is definitely taking a step back from last year. So I would say wait to see. I'm sure he will kind of bounce back from this slow start. Um, and I think Steph will slow down a little bit, but I don't think I would expect him to slow down too much. But I would expect them to make some moves for their bench because their bench scoring is just terrible. And they they really cannot stop fouling, and their defense is pretty abysmal as well. They're letting they're averaging over 110 points per game 
allowed. Um, so, you know, a team that was kind of built on their good team defense last year, just not returning it this year. So look for them to make some moves for their bench, but um, I wouldn't expect any moves for their starters um, and that they'll kind of settle in. I think they'll still definitely be a playoff team, um, but maybe not the surefire title contender that we thought coming into the season. Um, <clears throat> and then last, let's talk about the Bucks for a little bit here. Um, kind of looking unstoppable, huh? They're nine and one right now, but they have so far had the easiest strength of schedule. Um, and they have the second hardest remaining strength of schedule. So I looks like I kind of got these stats at a really good time of the first 10 games of their season was like really easy. The easiest, in fact, uh, now moving forward, it's the second hardest. So we'll see how they hold on to it. Obviously, I'm not expecting them to plummet in any way. Um, I think, obviously, they're going to taper off, but I think they're still going to be the one seed in the East. Um, kind of easily, I think there's going to be at least like a four-game gap at the end of the regular season between them and Boston for one and two is my personal opinion. Um, but so right now it's just Giannis, 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 right? He's averaging 32, 12 and five, um, which is his assist numbers are down. Um, and his shooting splits are really bad. So he's at 54, 27, 65. So the 54 is right on par for what he does, but 27 is still abysmal from three poor percentage. It's beyond abysmal, but he's still going to be shooting threes because I think he's trying to work on it. Um, it was better last year, but I don't know. Maybe he just can't figure it out. And then the free throws are at 65 again. It just seems like he kind of goes through these waves of like, he'll go two months where it's like you're sending Shaq to the free throw line. And then it's three months of you're like sending Steph Curry to the free throw line. It just, and then it just evens out to being like 68% for the season. <laughs> Um, what I found most interesting about them, so they're nine and one, they have the best record in the NBA. Um, they have, I believe the number one point differential so far, they're kind of like demolishing all their opponents. And the thing to keep in mind with the Bucks too, is Chris Middleton still hasn't played a game for them and he's their second best player. So this is just... Giannis being Giannis um, and looking like he's coming back for another MVP defensive player of the year season. Drew Holiday being Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez really stepping it up um, and kind of having a block party every game. Um, but so some team stats for them because these all kind of surprised me for the team that has the best record in the NBA and looks unstoppable. 19th in points per game, 25th in field goal percentage, 21st in three-point percentage while they're fifth in three-pointers attempted. So let me say that again. So they're fifth in three-pointers attempted, but 21st in three-point percentage. Um, they're 15th in free throws attempted, 25th in free throw percentage, first in rebounds per game, second in blocks per game, 14th in turnovers, fourth in personal fouls committed, and first in defensive rating. So a little bit all over the place. A lot of them 
which is why I kind of pointed them out. A lot of them very middle of the pack slash towards the bottom third of the league, which is surprising, um, but goes to show and kind of correlates with them having the easiest strength of schedule. So they don't have to be performing particularly well to be beating uh, the Pistons twice and the Pacers and the Magic, you know, stuff like that. Um, so the Bucks, I'll say, you know, my overreaction is they're going back to the finals and they're looking to reclaim their throne atop the NBA. Um, but it's really just too early to tell and because it's too early in the season and because Chris Milton still hasn't played at all. So really we'll see once they get back to full strength, but just some interesting numbers for them that I found surprising. Um, so then some other just numbers, statistics to go through just to kind of see who's at the top of the NBA right now. And some of them do jump out. So the top five in points per game so far, number one, New Orleans Pelicans averaging almost 120 points per game. Um, number two, the Utah Jazz, as everyone predict, predicted. Uh, the Boston Celtics, number three. Warriors, number four. The Pacers, number five. So exactly what we thought. New Orleans leading the league in scoring, uh, rounding it out with Utah and the Pacers. Um, so really weird numbers. I mean, the Jazz, I know I didn't really talk about them at all. But I felt like, you know, what is there to say? It's an overperforming, overachieving team of guys who feel like this team and this season is their time to show that they're more than just a tanking team, right? Like it's, you got Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, um, Jordan Clarkson, um, guys like that who it's like, they've been on teams where they're expected to do well and they're expected to be more of a cohesive team. Um, and they don't perform well in those situations. Kind of, I don't want to like, just like bad mouth all of those guys, but now they're in a team where they were expected to have the worst record in the NBA. They were expected to tank for one Minyama and just put up empty stats, but instead they're playing really cohesively. They have a really good offense. Um, and they're the first seed in the West right now because yeah, I think people partially aren't taking them seriously when they come into the games with them. But like I said, like Lori Markinen overachieving, um, Jordan Clarkson overachieving, Taylor Horton Tucker is looking good for them. So I highly, highly, highly doubt any of their good stats or records to continue here. Um, but they're going to have to go on some serious losing streaks if they legitimately want to tank for women Yama. So we'll see how this plays out for them. Um, top five in three-point percentage. Denver, number one. Cleveland, Portland, Philadelphia, and New Orleans again, rounding us out at the top five. Um, so takeaways here, the New Orleans offense looks really good, and they are really happy, I think, to have Zion back, right? So... Zion looks good. He has he's missed a couple games, but he's looked really good. Brandon Ingram looks good. McCollum, um, they're just they're playing really. They the game flows really well on that team, um, and they feel it feels really cohesive, um, and they they look like they're going to be a problem in the playoffs for sure. Their regular season record may not indicate that um, at the end of the season, but I think they're going to be a problem in the playoffs and could be in stow for a uh, first round upset for sure. 
uh, top five and three throw attempts right now. Dallas, number one, you can thank Luca for that. Detroit, number two, which I found interesting. Orlando, number three, also interesting. Portland, number four. Cleveland, number five. So things here, um, Cleveland and Portland also offensively looking good to start the season. Um, and then top five in assists per game, San Antonio, number one, um, and kind of by a big margin too. Um, San Antonio also number one in bench scoring. So just interesting things. You know, I just found those stats interesting for another team that you would expect to have the worst record in the NBA and intentionally tanking for Wembenyama. Um, obviously their starters aren't looking too good and their bench is getting a lot of playtime because they're kind of just cycling everyone out pretty evenly. But so San Antonio, number one, Denver, number two, Golden State, three, Indiana, four, New Orleans, five. There's New Orleans again. So New Orleans is top five in points per game, free throws attempted and assists per game. So moving the wall, moving the ball well, scoring the ball well. Um, you'll have to see it. And then finally, to close this out, I did want to just spend a quick second here talking about the Boston Celtics because I myself disparaged them a little bit on our over-unders episode. Um, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid at all, and I, was, I didn't think that their finals run was a fluke, but I think I, like most people, thought if Chris Middleton was healthy and able to play in that series, the Bucks would have won that one. Um, and... I thought that the Ime Udoka situation was going to be a harder hit for the team than it actually looks like it is. Um, doesn't really seem to be affecting them much at all. Um, and they're looking really good. They're in second place right now in the East. Um, they don't have like a glowing record, but I think they're six and three or seven and three or seven and two, something like that. Um, so they look good, but they haven't, they've gone under the radar, I feel like. Um, everyone's talking about the Bucks, the Jazz, the Lakers, um, and no one's kind of really, and, and, you know, and the Cavs as well, but no one's really talking about the Celtics, but they're right up there. Um, <clears throat> so just a few stats for them that really jump off the page. First in true shooting percentage, second in effective field goal percentage. Third in points per game, first in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, and eighth in points differential. So they're just looking like a really good all-around team like they were last season of the number one offense in the NBA right now, um, a top 10 defense. They're winning their games pretty soundly. Um and they're shooting the ball incredibly well and playing very efficiently. And <clears throat> I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are returning a team who did just make a finals run and they're returning pretty much the exact same team, except for now they also have <clears throat> Malcolm Brogdon as a true point guard for them. And then you still have Jason Tatum playing at an elite level. Jason Jalen Brown <clears throat> kind of shutting some of his haters up and really looking really good this season. Um, and they still don't have Time Lord back yet. They still don't have Robert Williams yet um, consistently. So that's a team that I think is poised for a deep playoff run again this year. Um, 
not that I didn't think they would in the preseason, but I just thought their regular season wouldn't go as well as it has so far. But that's uh, that's kind of how it happens, right? That's how the cookie crumbles is you make random guesses in the preseason. You can go off of a certain amount of statistics and history and and feel um, for what happened the previous year and what they do in their offseason. But at the end of the day, like anything can happen in the regular season. Um, and again, we're only 12% in to, or like an eighth of the way through the regular season so far. So it's still very early for any of these teams because when we were doing this, like at this time last year, for the Suns, you would have said they're going to be a lottery team because they were like one in three, I think, or something. And then they went on a 17 game winning streak or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, we're, we have a small sample size to go off of, but it's not nearly large enough. And we can't really make these calls until closer to the off, um, the all-star break um, when we're about two thirds of the way through the season. So. Anyway, those are just some of my thoughts and overreactions. Um, again, I know I didn't really actually overreact, but just wanted to give some of my thoughts so far, early thoughts on the NBA season. Um, I'm glad that basketball is back. Um, I have more to talk about, and I'm hoping to talk about it more regularly through the regular season and kind of give these check-ins throughout the season. You know, it's hard when you are doing a show by yourself to keep topics interesting and not have someone to kind of bounce off of um but while still being consistent so i hope you guys enjoy it um and you enjoyed this episode so with that being said you can let me know if you enjoyed this episode and if you think i was am wrong in any of my overreactions or something that i completely overlooked um send an email to sports talker swag at gmail.com um let me know your thoughts you can follow me on social media anywhere. Um, Facebook is Sports Talk with Swag. That's where we go live every Wednesday afternoon around 4.45 um, for the video live stream of these episodes. So make sure you like the Facebook page. Instagram is Sports Talk with Swag. Give us a follow there. Twitter is STWSCast. Make sure you follow us there until Twitter burns down to the ground. Um, that is where I am the most active as of right now. TBD on that one, though, I guess. Um... Let's see. Let's see. Uh, make You can listen to the audio format of this podcast anywhere. Um, anywhere your preferred listening platform, whether it's Spotify, um, iTunes, Amazon, Stitcher, Google, anywhere you can find this podcast. And typically on those platforms, you can also give us a rating uh, and feedback. Make sure you do that as well. Um, I like to get your feedback on this show, but prefer that it's a five-star rating. Um so give us a five-star rating or else I will overreact to you on the next episode um, and say really mean things about you. So just give us the five-star rating and we won't have to worry about that. Um, so yeah, that being said, I do want to thank you guys for listening and for hanging out with me on the Facebook live stream. I appreciate your support for the show as always. And I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.